We've stepped back. And we've compromised what we believe. We're living in the fear of the world. Now, I'm not here to tell you that we should be going around offending as many people as possible. That's, that's not what I'm saying. That's not my point. But my point is this. If it offends you that I'm praying for my food in public, then turn your head. Close your ears. Get up and walk out. I've told my children this. Back, remember back when uh, COVID hit? Seems like it's been forever ago now, doesn't it? But man, when it hit, you remember there were businesses? I mean, lots of them. Where you could not go into that business without a mask. You had to wear a mask. And I'm here to tell you, my kids and others are saying, well, let me tell you something, I'll try. I can't believe they can't tell me that I should be able to wear a mask and I shouldn't be able to. I said, they can tell you whatever they want to. It's their business. Now, you have the right to say, I'm not going into that business. You have the right to get up and to walk out. We're so easily offended today that it, that it offends, and it happens, it's happened in Christianity, it's offended us so much that we don't say anything anymore. If it offends people to pray in public, then they don't pray in public anymore. If it offends people to, to preach in public, you know what you don't see anymore? When was the last time you saw a street preacher? Man, it used to be on every corner. I mean, you, see, you, see pre, you see street preachers all over the place you used to. Not anymore. Don't see him anymore. Why? Because fear has caused us not to do the things we know that are right to do. And they've caused us to stop doing the things uh, or, or, or to, to not do the things that we know are right to do. Boy, I'm telling you, church, what we need in our world today is some backbone Christians. Some Christians that will stand up and not purposely be offensive. I'm not talking about going around and hitting people over the head with your Bible. I'm not talking about if you have uh, 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 certain rules in, in, at your workplace and, well, well, bless God that I, I don't care what the rule is. I'm just going to never do my work and I'm just going to be a witness all the time. Well, you're not going to have a job for very long. And don't cry persecution. It's not persecution. Do your job. Now, you're on break. That's different, right? I used to say this all the time. When I, when I was in college, we worked at this place, and, and they had, everybody had a designated smoke time. Fifteen minutes. And they had a designated place outside to smoke. Except for the Christians that worked there. We didn't smoke. So their thought process was, if you didn't smoke, you didn't get the 15-minute break. Well, were they ever wrong? I said, let me tell you something. I'm getting my 15-minute break. And what was our 15-minute break? Our 15-minute break was going out there, 
sucking in the secondhand smoke, but going out there and being a witness to those guys out there that were smoking. I think half of them stopped smoking because they didn't want us to be out there with them witnessing while they were smoking. But you know what? We should be able, we should have the right to stand up and say, hey, wait a minute, this is wrong. Now, you have the right to disagree with me, right? And if it comes to the Word of God, you'll have, you'll have the right, it's a dumb right, but you have the right to disagree with God, if you want to disagree with God. But the point is that I have the right to stand up and say this is wrong. I have the right to, to stand up and say this is right. Who is a better example in the Word of God than Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and the fiery furnace. Daniel chapter number three, that's the story that we'll find ourselves in this morning. And uh, as of this morning, uh, we are at 55,400 for our faith promise. So thank you for all those uh, uh, that have given and uh, that are giving uh, to our faith promise. And uh, we look forward to uh, different projects and different missionaries uh, throughout uh, the 2024 year. And uh, so appreciate uh, your willingness to uh, continue uh, to give. Daniel chapter 3, go down with me to verse number 8. Daniel chapter number 3, in verse number 8. Wherefore, at that time certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews... They spake and said unto the king, Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whosoever, and whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, that he should be cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. So here are these Chaldeans reminding Nebuchadnezzar, you remember, remember that you, that you set up this plan, you set up this image, and when the music plays, everybody falls down and worships this image. And if they don't worship this image then you will throw them into the fiery furnace. Verse 12. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Let me, let me preface this all by saying this. This had very little to do with the image. This had everything to do with the character of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This had everything to do with the prelude before this image was ever set up. They didn't like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the beginning. They didn't like how they acted. They didn't like how they did eat the meat uh, that, 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 that the king served. They didn't like any of the things that they stood for. So they were just waiting for the day. They were just waiting for the time where they could catch them. It kind of reminds me, it's a little humorous because uh, uh, they were all, when the music played, they were all to bow. 
And I think to myself, have you ever had somebody say to you, well, let me tell you something, when we prayed, they didn't close their eyes. Well, how do you know? There's only one way you could know. You were looking around. You were paying attention to what everybody else was doing instead of worrying about what you were doing. That's where these Chaldeans were. They're so worried about everybody else. And by the way, they weren't worried about anybody else. Do you know who they worried about? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They already had hatred in their hearts. They already did not like them for who they, who they were and what they stood for. And can I tell you something? Can I, can I say this as kindly as I can? If you stand for something that matters, if you stand for something that's right, there's going to be somebody out there that does not like you. Now, for some of us, water off a duck's back. I, I don't live my life for you to like me. You don't like me, that's not, my, that's not my fault. That's not my problem. Some people struggle. Some people want everybody to like them. And when somebody doesn't like them, they concentrate on that one person to try to get that one person to like them. But I'm telling you, if you stand for godliness, if you stand for holiness, if you stand for Jesus, somebody's not going to like you. They're going to call you a holy roller. They're going to call you all sorts of names. They're going to look down their nose at you. They're going to come up with a... And they're going to they're lie in wait. Can I tell you, this is the nature of people. You know, you know who the Chaldeans were? They were people. They were people. They were created people. They were created people that their, their hearts were above all things desperately wicked. They were people that were born in sin just like you and I are. That's who they were. And what were they looking for? They were looking to destroy these three men. They weren't looking just to trip them up. They were looking for their deaths. Because they prefaced all this here they are ready to tattletale. Don't you love tattletalers? I mean, all they're doing is standing around looking and waiting. Oh! Oh, I saw him. Oh! Did you see what she did? They look at the paper and they look in social media and they look at it and they, and they, what do they call it? Troll, troll social media. You know what they're doing? They're looking for dirt. Boy, I knew, I knew that's who she was. Boy, could, did, did you see what he posted? Can you imagine why he... Boy, I wish I had that much time on my hands. I really do. I wish I had enough time on my hands to know everything there is to know about other people. If I had that much time on my hands, no thank you. No thank you. I don't want to know everything there is to know about everybody. And certainly, we shouldn't have that much time on our hands to worry about what everybody else is doing and start pointing fingers. But do you know the Bible has a lot to say about that? Before you ever start pointing your finger at your neighbor, 
you better make sure your own porch is swept. Before you worry about that little bitty sliver that's in your brother's eye, isn't this so true? <clears throat> it's never generally somebody that has a little sliver that's talking about somebody else's sliver. It's usually somebody's, somebody's got a log sticking out of their eyeball that's worrying about somebody else's sliver that's in their eyeball. And we're always, you know why it does, you know, let me tell you why we do it. This is why we do it. Because it makes us feel better. Hey, I might have my faults, but I'm not like he is. Oh, I might have my problems, but I'm not like this beggar. Hey, hey, I got my problems, but boy, I'm glad I'm not where she is. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you what, you know what, you know what Paul said? I am what I am simply by the grace of God. It's God's grace. There go I, except for the grace of God. I could be there if it wasn't for the grace of God. It could be worse if it wasn't for the grace of God. So here they are, pointing the finger. Pointing the finger. And by the way, that's, that's what happens when we get caught up in gossip. Let me tell you what gossip really is. You know what gossip is? Pointing the finger. That's all gossip is. Talking about other people and pointing our finger about other people. I love the verse that says, Ye that are spiritual, restore. It doesn't say ye that are spiritual, gossip. It doesn't say ye that are spiritual, judge. It doesn't say ye that are spiritual, talk bad about. It says ye that are spiritual, restore. You know what restoring involves? Let me tell you what restoring involves. Restoring involves prayer. Restoring involves sharing God's word. Restoring involves the lack of judgment. We are so quick to pass judgment on other people. We're so quick to do it. Sometimes we even do it without even having the facts, without even having the truth. And we've got to be careful that we don't get caught up in this gossip, get caught up as the Chaldeans did, and point the, point the finger. You said, you said, if they don't bow, you're going to throw them in the furnace. So what you said, there's these Jews, this Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're not bowing. So Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage, verse 13, and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought, them, uh, brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? I want you to understand something about this time. There was very little second chances. And when we're talking about a king, we're talking about absolute power. Absolute rule. He did, he, there was no voting. 
Matter of fact, if you remember in Esther's time, you remember the king in Esther's time? If you went before the king unannounced, whoosh, king just spoke the word and you're dead. It wasn't a sit-down council and we talk about it and we'll see what we're going to do about it. No, no, no. The king spoke it and it happened. So the king here could have easily just said, throw him in the furnace. He didn't have to have evidence. He didn't have to have eyewitnesses. He didn't have to have anything. He did what he wanted. He was the king. So he brings Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego before him. And says, is what the Chaldeans saying true? Will you not bow before my gods? Will you not serve the gods that I serve? What would you do? Well, I'll tell you what I would do. Yeah, I know. Talk is cheap, folks. Because if you, you can't even have the backbone to stand up and pray in public, what are you going to do when you stand before a king? What are you going to do when you stand before the possibility of death? I think of these people. I read a quote last week about Martin Luther who, who stood and, and they told him to, to recant. And he said that he would not recant. It was against his conscience. It was against the truth. He said, here I stand. I can do no other. I mean, I think, of, I think about people like William Tyndale who went to the fire, who was burnt at, 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 at the stake for what he believed in. And you know what his last words were? Lord, open the eyes of the king so that he can see. Tyndale, by the way, Tyndale is a big reason. Tyndale is a huge reason, a precursor to why you have your King James Bible. Because he cared that much about everybody having a copy of God's word in their own language. That the plowboy could read and hear and understand God's word. Not just people that spoke Latin, not just people that spoke Greek and Hebrew, not just people uh, that were educated, but every single person might have the opportunity. And let me tell you something, he died for what he believed in. How about you? Where are you at? I know there's been times where I've stood bold and there's been times where I've cowered a little bit. I remember, I've told you before, I've told you this story before, but I remember the very first cruise we took. Our kids were very small. We'd never cruised before, so we didn't know you could have your own table if you wanted one. Well, I'm a... I'm on vacation. I don't want to sit with other people. I mean, what? On my own table. I didn't know that. So very first cruise we went, we sat with this other, this other couple. They were, they were uh, I can't remember where they were from. They are from another country. And, and they came and, and uh, we had sat at the table with them. They had two or three kids and we had our three kids. And we sat at the table with them. And they were just absolutely delightful people. It was the last time we sat with anybody because who knows if you get a delightful person the next time. But anyways, absolutely delightful people. And I remember that first time that we sat down to pray and I thought to myself, or sat down, sat down to eat at the restaurant, and I thought to myself, okay, this is going to be awkward. 
I said, what do we do? We'll, we'll, we'll pray on this half of the table, and then you can do whatever you want on this half of the table. And so I looked at him, and I said, would you mind terribly if we prayed before we ate? And he said, no, not at all. His kids got to the table, and he said, blah, 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 blah. And his kids went like this. <laughs> so I looked over at my kids and said, blah, blah, blah. And they didn't do that. They just looked at me. Um, I didn't actually do that. But anyways, every time we went to eat, every I didn't say a word. Every time we went to eat, he said whatever he said in that language, and his whole family bowed their head. And I thought, how, I mean, how respectful. Now, it, may, it might not have turned out that way, right? I mean, you could get the opposite, and it could have been, it could have been an absolute nightmare. But, but how do you know if you don't try? How do you know if you don't stand up for what's right? How do we know if we don't stand up for the word of God? Let me tell you what this world wants. This world wants to pull everything that has anything to do with God out of it. And by the way, more specifically, anything that has to do with Jesus, they want to pull out of it. Now come Christmas time, the secular, the secular radio stations will play Mary Did You Know? Like, did you listen to the song? You read the words? I mean, hello? Do you know what it's saying? No, they have no clue. But if it's not Christmas time, then listen, religion's a private thing. You shouldn't have the right to come up to me. You shouldn't have the right to say. Because let me tell you what, they'll be never, never be satisfied until they take every single right that you have. And if we don't stand up for it, we're going to lose it. We're going to lose it. If we're afraid of this group or, or this group or this, uh, and by the way, all these groups have all these letters attached to them. And we're afraid of that group. And we're afraid of offending this group. And, we're gonna, we're, and by the way, every group you stand up against, uh, they have a phobia for. So you know what they do? They just throw names at you. Well, you're this phobia. Well, you're this phobia. Well, because you don't believe this, you're this phobia. So what does Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego do? Verse 15. Now, if you be ready, king's still talking to him, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbutt, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made well. If you do it, good. But if you worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Danger, danger, danger. I mean, now he's talking about, uh, 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 the, you know what he's saying here? He's saying, you don't serve a God that can handle me. You don't serve a God that's more powerful than me. They tell you, I take precedence. That's the world we're living in today. I take precedence over everything. What I say matters, not what you say matters. You, what you say doesn't matter. But what I say does matter. What I believe does matter. And if what you're saying to me is offensive to me, then you stop saying it. And by the way, if they can't get you to stop saying it, they'll try to pass a law where it becomes illegal for you to say it. Well, that's not going to happen. Look around you, folks. It's happening. 
It's happening in other countries, and it's happening right here around the corner. Look, I love this. Who's, who's that going to deliver you out of my hands? Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this manner. If it be, as, or if it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. You talk about bold. You want to know one of the characteristics? Let me tell you one of the characteristics of, of, of a backbone Christian is devotion. It's devotion. Where do you stand? Because I want you to understand something. There are some things worth standing for. Remember what Elijah said? How long halt ye between two opinions? Stop straddling the fence. If God be God, then follow Him. If Baal be God, then follow Him. Make a choice. Decide where you're going to stand. Do you remember what Joshua said? Joshua was the clear leader after Moses. And Joshua became the leader. And you know what Joshua said? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Do you remember, do you remember what Moses said? Do you remember what Moses said to that group of people, the group of people called uh, uh, Korah? You remember, remember what Moses said? He goes without the camp and he says, who is on the Lord's side? Now, I can just imagine. Now, I don't know who he did this, but I can just imagine him taking his foot in the sand and drawing a line. Standing over here and saying, okay, who's on the Lord's side? Now, the bottom line is, in Moses' day, those that were on the Lord's side came across the line, stood with Moses. Those that didn't got swallowed up by the earth. I didn't say that. God said that. Who is on the Lord's side? Because I want you to understand something. It matters. It matters where you stand. It matters where your devotion is. It's all about integrity and character. Where do you... Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 says, I'll have no other God besides me. God's the only God. He's it. You stand, listen, if you're standing for, for anything else, you're standing for a false God. If you're standing for uh, 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 Confucius, you're standing for a false God. If you're standing for Muhammad, you're standing for a false God. If you're standing for whoever else, you're standing for yourself, you're standing for a false God. Well, we're so afraid to say that anymore. We're so afraid to stand up and say, wait a minute. If God be God, then follow Him. Stop straddling. Boy, let me tell you something. We love to straddle that fence, don't we? Like to have a, one foot in the world and one foot in spiritual things. One foot in the church. Now, I'm telling you something. That's a, that's a bad thing to do and you're, you're going to end up finding yourself in trouble. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego tell the king. Listen, he doesn't t they don't tell a representative of the king. They tell King Nebuchadnezzar himself. 
You talk about guts? You talk about fortitude? You talk about courage? You talk about devotion? Listen, let me tell you something, Nebuchadnezzar. I want you to know that. I want you to know this. Our God, well, first of all, we don't even need to answer you. We don't need to answer you, but we're going to answer you, and this is what we're going to tell you. Our God, he's able. You know what, you know what, you know what they were saying? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were saying, they were saying, listen, our God's bigger than your God. Or your God's. And our God is bigger than you. And God will deliver us. Because I want you to understand something. The characteristics of, of a backbone Christian start with devotion. Where are you going to stand? Let me tell you something. They believe some things. Do you know what our churches believe anymore? Nothing. Nothing. We were coming up in Bible college and we were learning about different denominations and different religions. And our teacher used to say, you know what a Unitarian believes? Nothing. Nothing. We so compromise that we end up believing nothing. You get into textual criticism and, and all these different Let me tell you, some good, solid kids that grow up in church, grow up in junior church, go through the teen group, love God, believe the Bible, believe in inspiration, they often go off to Bible college and don't believe anything. They often go off to seminary. They call it, sometimes they call it cemetery, right? They go off to these seminaries and they teach them all this textual criticism and they teach them all these different apparatuses and all these different codexes and all these different things. And they, you know what they come back believing? Nothing. Nothing. Let me tell you something, church. There are some things that we need to believe. We need to have a foundation. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had a foundation. And they stood strong on that foundation. They had devotion. Then, let me tell you, the second thing they did, we'll be done. <laughs> they only had devotion, they had dedication. Said, so our God's able. He's going to deliver us, O king. He's going to deliver us from your hand. Look at verse 18. I love verse 18. He says, but. It's a great conjunction, right? This word, but. He's going to deliver us, but if he doesn't. What? But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image with which thou hast set up. They absolutely refused to compromise. They absolutely, listen, the dedication said, their dedication said this, God will deliver us. If he doesn't deliver us, we will burn in that furnace before we bow to you. You talk about a backbone? You talk about sticking your shoulders back and your chest out? So let me tell you something, King. We're going to stand for what we believe in. We're not going to bow down. We're not going to heal to what you say. To, I don't care who you are. You, you may be the king. You may be the ultimate ruler. But let me tell you something. We believe that God is the ultimate ruler. Don't compromise. Don't com Number one, don't compromise your convictions. Know what you believe and why you believe it. Teach your kids 
why you believe what you believe. Let me tell you what's going on in our world today. Let me tell you what's going on in our world today. Child abuse. What's going on in our world today? Child abuse. My four-year-old, my five-year-old hasn't decided what gender they are yet. What? What in the world are you talking about? It's all an agenda, folks. Know what you believe and why you believe it, and don't be ashamed of it. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes it, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Don't compromise on your convictions. Stand up for them. Don't compromise on the word of God. It's already settled in heaven. The word of God is already settled. It doesn't need your help. Stand on God's word. Stand up for God's word. And then don't, don't compromise on the message. Don't compromise on it. What's the message? Jesus died for our sins, was buried, and he rose again the third day. That's the message. It was the message for yesterday. It's the message for today. And it will be the message for tomorrow. How are people saved? They're not saved because they're good people. They're not saved because they go to church or because they've been baptized or because they've been confirmed. They're not saved because they think that they're saved. They're saved because they heard the gospel, trusted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior for the forgiveness of their sins, and now they are saved because they heard the message. I'm glad that I never heard a watered-down message of the gospel. I'm thankful that I heard a clear presentation of what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. Don't be a compromiser. Stand up. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort. God's people need to be ready with a word upon our mouths, ready to share the gospel with the world, share the gospel with our families, share the gospel with co-workers, share the gospel with a lost and dying world. We talk about everything, don't we? We love to talk about sports and all sorts of sports. I mean, we love to talk about our grandkids and our children. God help us. We love to talk about our animals. People are in love with their animals. I mean, they had a thing on on the on the uh, on the, uh, one of those podcast things, and and uh, there was a group of farmers, and there's these girls on this side, and she said, "I'm telling you right now, it is the biggest genocide that's gone on in in history." So what are you talking about? This killing of animals. Like cows? I mean, and, and, and these, these farmers are going, what? What are you talking about? This is how we eat. This is how we do. And they're coming out and going out. I mean, people, have you, have you noticed that people have lost their mind? If you don't believe so, just go out on the road and drive around for a little while. If you don't believe so, just go in the store. I mean, it's absolute mayhem and foolishness.
I mean, it's going on all around us everywhere. And you know, you know who's the loudest? The people that don't have the truth. You know who is the loudest? The, the, the people that, that spout off falsehoods. They're the ones being the loudest. And what are the Christians doing? They're cowering in the corner in fear. We need more Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who are going to put their shoulders back and say, let me tell you something, king. You might kill us, but we ain't bound to you. We might go into that furnace, but we're not compromising. We know who we serve, and we're going to stand. We're going to stand for what's right, and we're going to stand against what's wrong. Let's bow our heads for prayer. This morning our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Maybe you're here this morning you're not saved. You never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Can I tell you this morning that God loves you? He loves you supremely. He loves you sacrificially. He gave His life for you. He gave His life up for you so that you could have life and that you could have it more abundantly. Have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Are you saved? You say, Preacher, I'm not sure about it. I'm not sure if I had to die right now, I'd go to heaven to be with God, and I'm concerned about that. Would you pray for me? Just slip your hand up this morning and right back down, and I pray for you. I'm not sure about it, Preacher. Please remember me in your prayers as are one. What a privilege. You know, what, what an honor it is to be saved, to know that our sins are forgiven, to know that one day to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. But let me tell you something, church. We're not there yet. The rapture of the church has not happened yet. We're not in heaven yet. So we still got some work to do. Have some courage to stand up. You remember the situation in Esther? Started with Mordecai, who refused to bow down or give any respect to Haman. The courage of a young girl who went before the king, who could have lost her life, who Mordecai told her, and we repeat time and time again, service after service, message after message, God may have you here for such a time as this. She went before the king with courage, with devotion, with dedication. And so let me tell you about this weasel named Haman. Could have lost her life. But there's some things worth standing for. There's some things worth dying for. Let's stand together, head bowed, eyes closed. How's your devotion? How's your dedication? I can tell you this much. If you have a deep devotion and a deep dedication for the Lord, this is your thought process. My devotion could be better. My dedication could be better. Because let me tell you something, church. We could always be better. And we could always do better. And God help us to be more for the Lord Jesus. If you need to come for whatever reason, as the instruments play this morning, you come.
Amen. Good to see you this morning. Good to be here in the house of the Lord. And uh, don't forget, uh, there are uh, several uh, to, to be praying for. Uh, so be sure to um, uh, keep uh, people like Miss Joellen uh, lifted up to the Lord in prayer. I know she uh, needs your continued prayers uh, as she continues through her treatment. Her first treatment is from what uh, Brother Harold said, uh, went well. And so um, just continue to remember uh, Miss uh, Joellen to the Lord and others uh, as, we, um, as we pray for them. We're going to have a real quick deacons meeting right after the service. Uh, just meet, need to meet with you really quick uh, after the services and then be back in your place tonight, 630, uh, uh, 6 o'clock for prayer, 630 tonight for uh, the evening service. And I do have one decision. I'm going to ask the flus to come on up here. And uh, this is uh, the flus. And uh, this is uh, Sierra and uh, Brennan. And uh, they come this morning wanting to join with us here uh, by statement of faith at Rankin Baptist Temple. And if you rejoice with them in their decision, let them know by saying amen. Amen. And we certainly appreciate that. And they've been coming here faithful now. And uh, we certainly appreciate their willingness to come and join with us here uh, at uh, the church. And I uh, hope you'll pray for them as, uh, as uh, they get involved here and uh, that we can be a blessing to them as they are a blessing uh, to us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you. We do thank you for this time together. I pray that you dismiss us now with your blessing and give us a good afternoon. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.